Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to the Friday edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Today he's continuing to share his thoughts about the words of Jesus found in the book of Matthew, a message that's become known as the Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus is telling us a few things here. He's, one of the things he's telling us is let's not get proud of our generosity. I mean, when you think about it, whatever you have to give away, you have been given. God gave it to you. We're all just simply stewards of what God gave us. We should just give. If God has given generously to us, then we should give generously uh, to others in alignment with His Word. The Sermon on the Mount, if you're not familiar with it, is found in the book of Matthew. It begins in chapter 5. Pastor Layton has shared a number of messages on the Sermon on the Mount, and all of them can be found on their website at highlands.us. Today, he takes us to Matthew chapter 6. He begins by saying, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now at first glance, this might seem to contradict what Jesus has just taught in the previous chapter, chapter 5, verse 14, when He said, Let your light shine before others so they might see your good works. But there is no contradiction because in that chapter Jesus made very clear the correct motive that people might give glory to your Father in heaven. That's the point. That's the reason. So in these words, Jesus is focusing on the motive behind any good deed. And the, and the proper motive is to give God the glory. God doesn't reward us for doing good things if it's in, done for our glory and for our honor. Now, when we re- read these instructions from the Lord, we do so from a paradigm, for the most part, many of us, of those who have been raised in a Christian nation. Our our nation is fundamentally Christian. And when I say that, um, our culture is built upon Christian principles of charity and benevolence. But this passage was written in a time where charity and benevolence was not very common. Listen to what one of the scholars wrote. Before Christ's time there were no homes for the sick or poor. No orphanages. The world was full of toil and poverty, of the exposure of unwanted children, of slavery, of great hunger side by side with great affluence and appalling indifference. But after Christ came, there was an instant and sacrificial love of the believers for each other, and this was followed by care for all the poor and hospitals and reform laws and the status of women the establishing of the change in labor laws, the abolition of slavery, and other things. The proof that this is true is seen in the awe by which the ancient world viewed the life of the early church. For instance, as early as A.D. 125, the Athenian philosopher Aristides delivered a defense of the faith to Emperor Hadrian in which he said of normal Christians, they do not commit adultery nor fornication. They do not bear false witness. They do not deny a deposit nor covet what is not theirs. They honor father and mother. They do good to those who are their neighbors. They love one another. And from the widows they do not turn away their countenance. 
and they rescue the orphan from him who does him violence. And he who has gives to him who had not without grudging. When one of their poor passes away from the world and any of them sees him, then he provides for his burial according to his ability. And if they hear that any of their number is imprisoned or oppressed for the name of their Messiah, all of them provide for his needs. And if it is possible that he may be delivered, they deliver him. If there's among them a man that is poor or needy and they have not an abundance of necessaries, they fast two or three days that they may supply that the needy with their necessary food. So it's evident from history records that this charity of the early church was absolutely amazing in that ancient world. And the possible exception was under Judaism because Judaism is built on the Old Testament Scriptures. In the Old Testament Scriptures, God presents His concern for the welfare of the poor and needy. Proverbs 19.17 says, He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. And he, that is the Lord, will reward him for what he has done. Proverbs 29.7 says, The righteous care about justice for the poor. Psalm 41.1 pronounces a blessing, saying, Blessed is he who has regard for the poor or the weak. Deuteronomy 15 says, There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers and towards the poor and needy in your land. And so there was an exception in Judaism, but the problem in Judaism was that people weren't doing it for the right reason. They were doing it in order to receive the honor of men. It was only after Christ and Christianity where this motive of doing things to honor God became prevalent in the Christian community. Jesus said in verse 2, Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpets before you as the hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets, that they might be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Did you notice he didn't say if, he said when. When you give. When you give you're to have a different motive than the Pharisees, the hypocrites. The word hypocrite was used to, it, was, it described the actors of the ancient Greek stage who would do their part behind a mask. So what you were looking at wasn't them, it was a fake them. And, and that's the concept behind it. And, and the reason for the actors doing it was they wanted the applause of men. Now this phrase, sound a trumpet before you, could be literal or it could possibly mean the same thing it means today. Today we use a, a different variation of it. We say people who blow their own horns. You've heard that phrase. It's funny, after 2,000 years people's nature hasn't changed. And, and, on the, and we use the same phrases to describe it 2,000 years later on the other side of the globe. These are people that blow their own horns. G. Campbell Morgan said, probably the vast majority are more influenced by what men will say than by what God Almighty thinks. What he was saying is most people, many people, have a higher value on the opinions of people than they do on the opinion of God. Verse 3, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So in verse 2 Jesus uh, taught us how not to give, now he teaches us how to give. And he uses this phrase, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And that's hyperbole, the point he's trying to get across is that we should not do so with the intention of calling attention to what we're doing. 
we should not be ostentatious, that we need to do what we do in, in, in an effort to be secret about it. And, and then that brings up the question, well, is it wrong to give openly? It, 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 must all giving be anonymous? And the answer to that is found in scriptures. And the answer is no, because when we read through the book of Acts chapter 4, it becomes obvious that the church knew uh, that Barnabas had given from the income he received from selling a piece of land to the church. And it talks about the believers coming and laying their, their money at the apostles' feet, and that was not done in secret. And a contrast is found when we get to the next chapter, chapter 5, because there's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And they didn't give their gifts for the glory of God, they did it to seek the glory of their fellow man, and that was their problem. So Jesus does not forbid uh, record-keeping and and uh, receipts and, and being good stewards. You know, when we, if we have the opportunity to give and we have the opportunity uh, to take a deduction on our taxes for that, we should do it because that's part of being a good steward. Because we'll do better in managing our money than the government will. Okay, that's just the, the bottom line when it comes to stewardship. And as Christians, we shouldn't be giving because it's a tax benefit. We should be giving because we give, because we're called to give. Jesus himself, again, is our example. Paul wrote, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sake he became poor. Though he was rich, have you ever stopped to try to think and fathom what that phrase is, means and what it's talking about? Though he was rich, he became poor. Before he came to earth, where was he? Heaven. Have you ever read the description of heaven in Revelation? Heaven is so rich they put the jewels on the outside of the gates. The streets are paved with gold. And those are just the streets... He is in the throne room of heaven. Now there are many incredible throne rooms on this earth. I've only heard about the Taj Mahal. But no throne room on this earth can hold a candle to the throne room of heaven. Though he was rich, he became poor. Not only did God become a man, but he started as a child. And he didn't start as a child born to wealthy and powerful parents. Joseph and Mary were poverty-stricken. Though he was rich, he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. When we think about what God has done for us through Christ, how incredibly generous God has been to us, our hearts are filled with with generosity. When we think about and value how much God has loved us, our hearts are filled with love. And that love and that generosity overflows. And when we invest in spreading the gospel and meeting the needs of the poor, that's going to result in many, many rewards. But Jesus is telling us a few things here. He's, one of the things he's telling us is let's not get proud of our generosity. I mean, when you think about it, whatever you have to give away, you have been given. 
God gave it to you. We're all just simply stewards of what God gave us. So we should just give. If God has given generously to us, then we should give generously uh, to others in alignment with His Word. And then we ought not seek the glory of our donations. You know, getting on the gold circle and the platinum circle and the diamond circle. and You know what I'm talking about. And then don't count our gifts as merits for heaven. Because I don't care how much we give, we're never going to buy salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. And everything that we do, even in secret, for the right reason, God will reward. Amen. Amen. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And this is a sermon series called Simply the Sermon on the Mount. And we'll continue on the next broadcast with more. It seems appropriate to mention that uh, we're a nonprofit outreach supported in part by the church and also by listeners just like yourself. If you appreciate this ministry, you can join with us financially by going to the website highlands.us and at least let us know that you listen. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us today. Come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll open the Word of God once again and study verse by verse.